This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Monday May the 18th, as we continue to move along in our new normal, and hopefully, hope beyond hope that we have baseball back soon enough. Um, obviously, on Mondays, we usually kind of react to, to any new information, where we're at. We'll do that in a minute or two later this week. We're going to have some fun. It's once and for all week at WIP, settling some of the all-time great debates in WIP history, and tomorrow's debate is actually who of the 08 champion Phillies and really the 07-11 run was the most important player on that team. Obviously, the big four come to mind of Chase, Jimmy, Ryan, and Cole Hamels. We will settle that tomorrow. Who was most important for 08? Who was most important over that whole run? And of course, other names, of course, Brad Lidge, a big role in 08. Holiday after that, all that. That'll be fun to discuss. I figured we could have some fun with that here on Phillies today as well. And then on Friday, the Gabe Kapler debate. Is the everyone at the station is going to cry, try and convince Joe Giglio that he was wrong about Gabe Kapler? We'll talk some Gabe on Friday. I'm trying to have a little fun with this theme throughout the week. I got some other once and for all Phillies type of topics that we'll get into. But Mondays has almost become a de facto. What happened over the weekend? Where do we stand? When is baseball coming back? Show and uh, and we'll continue with that as I want to get into um, the not not as much information as sometimes we have on Mondays, but. We do have a uh, some information on the health and safety protocols for when baseball hopefully plans to return, should return, and uh, the Bryce Harper plan. We'll talk about that coming up as well, what that means and all that, but also just where we stand, no new developments compared to where we talked last week of where the players and the owners are at. I still stand by the belief uh, that ultimately in the end, everyone will figure this out and that they will realize that Money cannot possibly be the reason to not have a season this year when all of America is looking towards Major League Baseball to bring us out of this, to bring sports back. I mean, even the president has talked about the need for sports to come back. We've heard it across the board. Um, 
So I think that when all is said and done, the the cooler heads will prevail and, and baseball will, will figure it out. But there has been some animosity on both sides. And I do think that, you know, I, I've talked to a few people. My buddy Jack Fritz is nervous. He's nervous that the players won't budge, he says. And the players might not budge, but I think that ultimately the owners will then. I think when all's said and done, whether it's Rob Manfred, whether it's Scott Boris, whether it's other people involved, that at a certain point, people will realize the upside and the downside here and realize that it's a, a literal disastrous decision to choose money over returning. Like if it, that if it comes down to it, that I rip Mark Teixeira for his statements of I would play for pennies on the dollar, uh, you know, blah, 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 this and that, and then kind of mad against the players for a guy who made $100 million, $80 million playing baseball and all that. But the basic heart of what he's saying is true in the idea that ultimately if it came down to it they should all play for free at this moment like you know what i mean like whether it's the owners whether it's players like all that matters is getting back out there and money cannot be the reason and again i support the players i've loudly strongly supported the players in the fight with the owners that's where i still come down that's how i still feel but ultimately i think that these two sides have to figure out that that it, ultimately all that matters is getting back out on the field and that it is the future of the sport at stake potentially here. And again, I know a lot of people believe, oh, people won't leave the sport forever and stuff. And, and I know, look, in 94, they didn't leave it forever, but people left. You know, it took 98. It took the Maguire Sosa thing to, to bring people back. And I do think that if money, again, money is the reason that they don't come back this summer when the whole world is watching, all of America is watching and expecting and hoping that they can come back for normalcy, for entertainment, for um, bringing us back to, to the life we know and, and hope to get back to, that that um, there's so much more riding at stake on this. Like, there's so much more at stake than just a few dollars. Like, that's really what it comes down to. So hopefully, I believe that Cooler Ads will prevail, but we'll see. Nothing is settled, and uh, we'll continue to... Follow it as it goes, obviously. All right, so let's dive into um, some of the safety proposals included uh, in the plan to return Jeff Pass in an article over the weekend about it. We'll dive into the article and then the Bryce Harper plan coming up. And then, as I said, later this week, we'll have some fun with the Phillies once and for all stuff. And, of course, as uh, as news breaks, as, as information comes out on this, we will continue to cover it. But um, Passon, uh article, MLB safety proposal includes thorough testing, social distancing, no spitting. <laughs> Yes, sir. We'll get into that. All right. Uh, Major League, uh, from the article, Passon writes, Major League Baseball's ambitious return to play plans during the coronavirus pandemic include processing upward of 10,000 COVID-19 tests per week, overhauling stadiums and in-game settings to encourage social distancing, and rigorous rules intended to prevent the spread of COVID-19 according to a draft of the league's health and safety manual obtained by ESPN. The document, which is missing multiple sections, will swell beyond its robust 67 pages when complete. In this form, it is still a highly detailed roadmap that will require a staggering amount of effort to complete before the league's hopeful mid-June return to facilities and early July opening day. That's interesting. Interesting phrasing. He goes on. Even with the manual's specificity, multiple Multiple officials who have seen it expressed to ESPN skepticism about the ability to implement it, especially in a short time frame. So that's 
concerning to say the least. He goes on. While its thoroughness in some areas is apparent, a number of questions are left unanswered. An issue that will be addressed as the League and Major League Baseball Players Association continue negotiating a return-to-play deal, and MLB solicits feedback on the protocol. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, Passing is, you know, we, we've kind of, it's funny, because when we've talked about any of these return-to-play ideas or where it's at or whatever, we always say at the top and, and truly believe it, you know, health and safety first, health and safety first, assuming health and safety is okay, then this. If health and safety is this, then that. Like, it has just been almost a, a qualifier at the beginning of any discussion or any, you know, talk about this type of stuff. But now it's real. Like, that's the point is that this is real. And now that we're talking about the actual implementations that are a part of this, like, Passing's conveying a little unsuredness, so to speak. a little like, you know, hey, um, this is ambitious. That's a bit of a worry because ultimately, as I just started the, the show talking about, you know, the money and all that, obviously, I think it would be uh, insanity if they can't come to an agreement and figure out the money thing. As we've said many times, it would be such a bad look for baseball and stuff, but ultimately, if if the health and safety part of it doesn't work, then then there is no money. It doesn't even matter. That's a secondary issue. So this is important stuff here. And I think passing, framing it with a little bit of trepidation is a little nerve-wracking. He goes on. For now, it covers testing, travel, in-stadium adjustments, on-field changes, and a wide array of other issues. Teams will be allowed to have 50 players each under the plan, with a number of active for each game still being negotiated. Players and other team personnel not participating in the game would sit in the stands separated by at least six feet that is interesting of course um instead of being in a dugout these players are gonna be in the stadium i think that's you know smart makes sense again i I understand though if you're testing everybody i don't know it's an abundance of precaution but i think it's smart why not uh he says uh they would apply the same social distancing standards to the national anthem this is interesting, this next part, which makes sense, but, it may, you know, it wouldn't be, when you're watching a game, it, it'll be really different when this stuff is not involved. But he goes on to say, high fives, fist bumps, and hugs would be prohibited. No high fives, no fist bumps, no hugs. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, that's the way we live now. Like, you know, whether at work or whatever, when I go in, I, I you know, there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I would have fist bumped you. I would have high fived. I would have, you know giving someone a hug or whatever, and, and that's all out the window now. It's almost like, uh, you know, it's like taboo. You think about even extend your hand in that way or whatever. Um, so it makes sense, but at the same time, when you think about baseball, think about a home run, think about coming to the dugout, think about this, that, like, it's a big part of the game, you know? So it's 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 interesting. Uh, he goes on. Uh, would be prohibitive, as would spitting, tobacco use, and chewing sunflower seeds. Also, um, I mean, the spitting part, it's something where it's, you know, you don't think about it, but I mean... Players spit all the time. I mean, the sunflower seeds, you go into a major league clubhouse, a major league dugout, I mean, like, there's seeds everywhere. Like, it's, um, it would change the way they go about their business. Of course, the tobacco part, for a lot of players, I'm sure that's an issue. I'm fine with it personally, obviously, but I, I do think that, um, thinking about the, you don't think about it when, when we're talking about, you know, get back and play healthy and, and stay safe and all that, and, and that's what we care about. We don't think about the things that it takes to do that, and the no high fives, the no hugging, no spitting. I mean, those are Parts of baseball, you know, parts of the baseball experience, at least, let's say, that um, would obviously be gone. Uh, passing goes on. 
Fielders would be encouraged to retreat several steps away from the base runner between pitches. Interesting, considering holding runners on and all that, you know, makes it a little tough. Uh, first and third base coaches are not to approach the base runners or umpires, and players should not socialize with opponents. Again, these are all things that, sure, seem pretty obvious when talking about keeping everyone safe and social distancing and all that, but also really go against the fabric of baseball we've grown up with. So it's, it's it would be weird, right? It's weird. It's good. It's okay. I'm, I'm all for it, but it's weird. It's definitely um would change the way baseball appears to us, um, which again is, is the situation we're in and accept it and move on. But um, it definitely will be different to watch it that way. Passing goes on. A ball will be thrown away after it is touched by multiple players. And throwing the ball around the infield will be discouraged. So no more. <laughs> that's interesting. You know, think about that. Like, it's um, maybe going, you know, a little far, but I appreciate it. I'd rather go far than not far enough. But, you know, like, no no around the horn, all types of stuff. I mean, it's really going to change. That's the thing that we haven't really talked about a lot or enough is the idea that 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 it's going to completely change the way we kind of look at the game or watch the game. The game we watch will look different. Like the the basics of it will still be the same. The core tenants will still be the same, but all the superfluous stuff, all the extra stuff, the players messing around with each other, the high fives, the around the horn, like there are so many parts of, of the baseball experience that we just hold as as truths to be self-evident, so to speak, and, and, and it's not going to be part of the game, so it's going to be really interesting. Uh, it goes on. Um, pitchers would have to have to pitchers would have their own set of balls to throw during bullpen sessions and personnel who rub baseballs with mud for the umpires must use gloves. Players would be discouraged from showering at stadiums after games and would not be allowed to take taxis or use rideshare apps on the road. Interesting as well. Obviously something that we don't see, but happens and is a part of what they do and would, would be changed. He goes on. Teams were asked to respond with their suggested input by May 22nd, which is obviously coming up. The protocols were written by MLB Senior Vice Presidents Patrick Coolahan, Brian Seeley, and Chris Young, and Vice President John Coyles. Young is a former pitcher who retired after the 2017 season. Remember, Chris Young, of course, 6'10", monster of a pitcher. Um, going on. For all the shock at how baseball and the lives of those playing it might look, the health protocols underpin the manual. MLB would break individuals into safety tiers with Tier 1 being players, on-field personnel, and medical personnel. Tier 2 would be other quote-unquote essential employees, including front office officials, and they would receive consistent testing. About 100 individuals would would comprise the top two tiers. Other personnel who don't necessarily interact with them, such as the cleaning crews and groundskeepers, would be in Tier 3. Under the plan, players would undergo multiple temperature screenings daily, including at home before coming to the stadium. MLB would test Tier 1 and Tier 2 individuals for the coronavirus multiple times per week, according to the document, calling testing a quote-unquote critical component of of the game's return, which obviously I think we can all agree with that. It is imperative. There is nothing that works without it. Uh, their family members apparently would also be tested too, so that is good. And you know, and again, it was it all originally when we talked about this came down to the idea: do they have enough tests? If they do, that that's everything uh, going on. Additionally, the document said the league will offer free diagnostic and antibody serology testing for healthcare workers or other first responders in the club's home cities as a public service. Those who test positive would be immediately quarantined. 
Though the document does not specify what would happen if Tier 1 or Tier 2 individuals, who are the only ones allowed to travel, get diagnosed with COVID-19 on the road. The return from a positive test would require two negative tests. We talked about that before. No symptoms and a go-ahead from the team medical personnel. Though the document says high-risk individuals, quote-unquote, who could be susceptible if they're infected with COVID-19 can opt out of playing, it does not address others with similar concerns. And, of course, there could be players with diabetes. There could be players with other underlying health conditions. Obviously, um, you can't expect those players to be subjected to this. So it's a, an interesting add and, and important, I would say. Uh, players would be required to wear masks everywhere except on the field and during strenuous activities. Their activities outside the stadium would change too, particularly on the road where they would not be allowed to leave the hotel to eat at restaurants. Fair and makes sense. Even at home, tier one and tier two individuals would be discouraged from going to crowded bars. Yeah, agree. I think that makes a lot of sense, you know? Yes. Uh, the article goes on. M, quote unquote, MLB will not formally restrict the activities of covered individuals when they are away from work, the document said but will expect the members of each team to ensure that they all act responsibly. The careless actions of a single member of the team places the entire team and their families at risk, and teams should agree on their own off-field code of conduct for themselves and their family members to minimize risk to the team. The plan would call for a three-phase spring training in which pitchers, catchers would arrive, then position players. The third phase would include a limited number of exhibition games. All right, so look, um, I don't think there's anything super surprising in there. It's kind of what you would expect. Again, I think the stuff that we hadn't really thought about was the um, aesthetic things that, that, you know, when you think of baseball, you think of, you know, a guy gets hit, then the first baseman comes up and is chattering with him and this and that. That can't happen anymore. They're not going to fraternize. You know, you think about the dugout, guys, you know, spitting sunflower seeds or this or that, or just players spitting or Lenny Dykstra or whoever, those types of guys, whatever, gone. You know, the idea of, of everyone staying as far away from each other as possible when it doesn't have to be, I think is obviously important and obvious. You know, you would have guessed that would be a part of this plan. Um, but again, I think that's the, the, the types of changes that aesthetically speaking that will really change the, the viewing experience. And again, not in a, a fundamental way. I mean, it's still baseball. It'll still be the same, but in a, again, aesthetic way, you know, it is the type of thing where we will look at it and be like, oh, that looks different. Oh, that's weird. Or this is different or whatever. And I I think again, look, I mean, that's the, the situation we find ourselves in, it's not surprising nor unexpected that that would be the case, but I do think it's still interesting that that stuff is um, obviously spelled out and that we know that um, that's the way it works. So um, I think it's really interesting. And uh, again, I think that there are a lot of things in there I agree with. I feel pretty good about it as a, a health and safety plan. Again, I think it all comes down to having enough testing and all that. So it does feel like that caveat at the top, the health and safety part, feels pretty pretty good and i know passing uh passing um did have a little um as we said earlier that there are still things that need to be ironed out and figured out and that's true and again look at it, it's a fluid situation again i don't think they've really can't what if what if multiple players on a team get it you know what i mean like there are so many situations that are, are not accounted for in this specific article that we're talking about but the idea of you know yeah if one person gets it they need two tests to come back but what if 15 people on the same team get it at once or whatever i mean there's are 
there's real, you know, um, unanswerable questions here that um, I'm sure baseball is thinking about, but at the same time, we don't have a, a, a definitive roadmap to how they get solved. But I think on the whole, it sounds like a good plan. It sounds like a lot of the things they're doing make a lot of sense. I think that, um, again, we need the money part to be figured out and then um, implemented and, and we do the best we can. Um, speaking of the plan, though, uh, one more thing I want to get to today quickly um, was the Bryce Harper of it all. And Bryce Harper, of course, uh, made a little national news responding to Blake Snell's uh, Twitch stream, talking about, you know, not wanting to play for less than he should get and this and that and the whole thing. And I, again, I agree with the heart of what Snell was saying. I think he did a horrendous job saying it. <laughs> I mean, just came off as um, not a great look for the players, but I do think that, that, you know, the heart of what he was saying is fair and, and Bryce Harper agreed with it and had his back. But Bryce Harper came out over the weekend and on social media, on Instagram, went a step further and, um, got into his plan for how baseball should come back and how it should look, what he'd like to see. And it's pretty interesting. Bryce Harper um, says, of course, beyond the health and safety, which comes first for all players, staff, workers, fans, and families, just an idea I'm thinking about. He goes east-west like the NBA. He goes July 31 days, August 31 days, September 30 days, October 31 days, November 15 days, 135 games. Off day every two weeks on a Monday and Sunday doubleheader, seven innings. 30 man, thirty players, six-man rotation, save arms. If pitchers wanted this, he says. If not, no big deal. DH and any other ideas possible. He goes on. Playoffs, two-week World Series like the Super Bowl week. I like that. Uh, goes on. Ten teams, round-robin format, College World Series kind of style at the new Texas Stadium or whatever stadium or stadiums are best. Three-game series. You win the series, you move on. You lose, you play the other loser in a one-game wild card. Winner of that moves on. Other team is out. Or you could play it in Vegas. So you have the strip hotels, and you could use the hotels for all the guys and contain possibly. He goes on. Two teams left. Seven-game World Series. They get two days off before the series. With those two days off, you do an all-star game and a home run derby. Could do MLB awards as well at that time. Open this up on all platforms. No blackouts. Open it to everybody to watch. Then you, ba- then you back up the season the next two years, May 1st to 2021, April 1st, 2022. Maybe I'm crazy. Just fun to think about and throw out ideas. So, um, look, it's a, it's a weird plan. I like the round robin idea. I think that's pretty fun. I think the idea of getting 135 games in is ambitious, maybe too ambitious. He's talking about playing every day and having double headers on Monday and Sunday. Um, he might not realize those days are back to bags. <laughs> that's a tough. That's four games in two days. Regime granted only seven inning games. Um, here's the thing about this. I think this plan is ambitious. I think it's unlikely. I think there are parts of it that work, parts of it that don't. Uh, what I do appreciate is that Bryce Harper's out there trying to figure things out. Uh, you know, Bryce is saying, hey, uh, I like this idea. Uh, why don't we do this? Let's try and do this. I, I appreciate that Harper is – Harper loves baseball. I think that's pretty clear. And he just wants to get out there and play baseball. And again, 135 games. They're talking about 82 games. We're talking about the plan to search live versus And granted, Harper's goes in November. But their their plan is for 82 games. And Bryce Harper's trying to figure out a way to play – 
Bryce Harper is not messing around. My man wants baseball back, and he wants it full on, no messing around. And I really do appreciate that. I, uh, I, I, I appreciate that he's thinking about it. He clearly is obsessed with baseball. He's thought about this. Um, goes into detail about these things, and I, I really appreciate that. Again, I think that um, a lot of people give Harper crap for coming out and having Blake Snell's back, and I don't blame him at all. You know, look, players are going to stick together, and they need to stick together, and I have no problem with him backing Snell. Now, granted, and, and especially because when Harper heard what Snell said, he was being told it by Bryson Stott. He didn't actually hear the audio of Snell, where Snell sounds much worse than the if you read the transcript of what Snell said, it sounds better than hearing him say it. Like, he just delivered it in a way that had a very, you know, I don't give a you-know-what type of attitude about it, Where it's like, I don't care. Give me my money. That's what it felt like. And I think the heart of what he was saying wasn't that. And I think that Harper, hearing the idea of what he said, agreed with him and had his back. And I, I have no problem with Bryce for that. And I appreciate Bryce trying to throw ideas out there. The point that I take away is Bryce Harper wants to play baseball and he's ready. And I, as a Phillies fan, appreciate that. He's got some interesting ideas. I don't necessarily agree with all of them, but I do appreciate the effort. And again, look, I think the the past and stuff is really fascinating. The, the health and safety of it all, again, it's been this thing that we've just said, all right, as long as everyone's safe and healthy, that's all that matters. And that's the truth. But I hadn't really thought about the very little specifics of it and even then it seems like not not all those are figured out there's still a lot to do but um it's important that they're talking about and figuring that out first because ultimately everything else comes after that because um as annoying as the money part of it is the money discussion doesn't even matter if they can't do it safely and healthily so either way i um i do think progress is being made i do believe there's too much riding here for baseball to screw this up but i know like i said other people are nervous so Hopefully I am right, and hopefully cooler heads prevail. Either way, we'll continue to talk about it, continue to keep an eye on what's happening, and then we'll have a little fun. We'll talk um, once and for all this week. We'll talk 08 Phillies. We'll talk little Gabe Kapler and a a whole lot more. So um, until then, everyone, continue staying safe, stay healthy, and we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.